0: Good morning. Um, It's lovely to be with you again today um, and I hope you're settling into a new term um, and really beginning to enjoy some of the beautiful autumn weather we're having. So as I prepared this talk for today, um, this verse really struck me and stood out to me. Verse 24, my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. So despite being quite sporty at school, uh, my memories of running were um, really not good Uh, They were being shouted at by the PE teacher along with all the other stragglers at the back of the class um, as we went round the cross-country field. Um, It wasn't fun like tennis was, um, and I didn't think it was worth all the effort. And I think those memories ensure that I always avoided running until my late 30s. um, Like so many others, I decided to take the plunge. And my brilliant husband managed to get me up to a fairly decent 5K, It lasted only a few years. I did manage um, a 110 k race, realised I'd probably never make such a good time again unless I put in loads of effort, Um, admitted I really didn't like it. Um, It made my knees ache, and I didn't see the point of exercising unless it was really fun. So my short love affair with running was over, but it did give me appreciation for the sport that I didn't have before. As I returned to cycling, which is so much better and faster, and you never know, maybe I'll enter a cycling race one day. I hope you can see some connection with the passage here. Not the part, obviously, um, about tears and severe testing, although I think there probably were some during my runs. But it was about that 10k race. When I was on that race, my aim was to finish the race. I wanted to run it well, and I wanted to finish it well had a life race to run, and his life race included many trials we 've all been given different life races to run for some. it will be full of testing and hardship. for most of us, fortunately, we won 't be in the situation that Paul was in, but there are Christians today who do suffer persec- persecution and imprisonment for their faith, just as Paul did. And to be honest with you, I find this a really challenging passage. I'm not sure I can say with Paul yet that I'm ready to face prison and hardship. But the question for us this morning is this. How was Paul able to be unstoppable, even with all the hardships? How did he stay on track to ensure that he ran well and finished well? Well, to know how to stay on track, we need to know what our goal is, what we're aiming for. We need to know what task God has given us. There is one common task that we've been given, even though we may run our races differently. And Paul tells us before, this is our task. We're given the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. This is our life task. It's our job while we have breath to testify to the good news of God's grace. And we'll come back to this later. But first, we're going to look at how we stay on track. Because this will help us think about the task we're given. How did Paul stay on track? He gives us the answer in this passage. In verse 19, he says, Along with tears and severe testing, he served the Lord with great humility. How do we find great humility, or even just humility? The Oxford English Dictionary defines it like this the quality of not thinking that you're better than other people. While this may be true, I think it's a rather weak and narrow meaning, and I want to read you a better definition. It's from a book called God of Surprises. The author describes humility in a chapter called Knowing Christ, and he just, in which he writes about how knowing Christ means being called to become like Christ, both in our relationship with God the Father and with other human beings too. He says if we want to know what humility is, we look to Jesus. And then he describes humility like this. He writes, humility means recognizing our creaturehood, having a true sense of perspective, knowing our worth as dwelling places of God. Humility is freedom from every form of inner enslavement. It's the ability to laugh and delight in God's creation as well as to feel its pain. Isn't that a much better description of humility? I think is a beautiful description, and it also tells us how we stay on track. We stay on track when we have a true sense of perspective of our lives in the world God has created. We stay on track by knowing our worth as dwelling places of God and by understanding the worth of others and the creative world around us. And we do this by fixing our eyes on Jesus, the one who lived the true life of humility. Like Paul, we are to live like this, fixing on our eyes on Jesus, understanding the true worth of every single human being and so longing for every person we meet to fulfill the real purpose of their lives, lives which meant to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And can you see this completes the circle? It brings us back to our life task, to testify to God's grace. If we look at the life of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, this is what we see. We see the Trinity in all God's huge complexity and mystery, enjoying each other and glorifying each other together, forever. And when Jesus stretched out his arms of love to us on the cross, he invited us to become part of this incredible relationship. He invites us into the enjoyment and wonder that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit share. And then he urges us to invite the world into this amazing relationship too. When we're living with our eyes fixed on Jesus, in the power of the Holy Spirit, as we live our lives with Christ and we share him with the world, even though there might be times of testing and hardship, like Paul, we can be unstoppable. Unstoppable. What's really important to note here is that God doesn't expect us to have perfect lives to deliver his message to the world. Paul's life and his journeys in Acts are really well worth a read. His travels and work frequently, frequently involve persecution, prison, shipwrecks, famine, being beaten and stoned. But he also talks about his own weaknesses and the strength of God shining through these weaknesses. He talks about the treasure of God's presence dwelling in him like treasure in a jar of clay, a fragile, broken vessel. God does not expect perfection, but he does long for our devotion. Whatever we're called to do or called to be on our own journey with God, Paul is a great model to follow. His devotion and his desire was to serve God's plan and his purposes. We finish, I think it's worth quickly thinking about divine guidance. Guidance from God was not a clear matter, is not a clear matter, even for the Apostle Paul. Even though he felt led by the Holy Spirit, as he says in this passage, he still had no idea what was going to happen to him at the end of this particular part of his journey. I think this is really reassuring. Sometimes we may have a sense of God calling us to something. And sometimes we have to step out in faith and trust. I just started my training as an Anglican priest. And to be honest with you, uh, if you had um, told me that this was where I'd be a few years ago, I would have had no idea. It's no, no idea that this is where I would end up, even though others uh, did know and were very gracious um, and waiting for me to catch up. If you had told me at the beginning of my journey, I would probably have run a mile. But God is so good. He only gives us the information that we can cope with and he walks patiently with us on the journey, patiently repeating what we need to hear when we don't or we won't listen and patiently reassuring us when we're too scared to take the next step. The way we testify to the good news of God's grace, the good news of Jesus will be different because we're all different. What are our desires? What Dreams does God place in our hearts. What are we good at? Paul's desire was simply to tell the world that Jesus is alive. He did this by journeying to different parts of Asia and into Europe, establishing thriving, vibrant groups of Christians who had experienced the power of God in their lives. He encouraged them to fix their eyes on Jesus, and he encouraged them to live humble and devoted lives for God. If this meant trouble and persecution for Paul, then so be it. Living this incredible and often challenging life with God enabled Paul and will enable us to keep going, to continually invite others to come to know Jesus, to be unstoppable despite all the troubles along the way. So as we finish, let's pause. And I want us to think... Firstly, this passage is a challenge to us. How am I living out the love of Jesus today? Am I a channel of blessing to others, drawing them closer to him? But do I also know my real worth as a dwelling place for God the Holy Spirit? And do I look at those around me and see this potential in them also? In what ways is God prompting me today? Secondly, I'd like to encourage us to pray for Christians who do have a really testing time with their faith. Their incredible stories don't often appear in the national newspapers, but there are some amazing organisations who are fighting for the end to persecution. And we're going to show a short video in a moment from one of those organisations called Open Doors um, to help us as we pray. So let's, uh, let's pray as we end here. Father God, please help me to be unstoppable as I run the race and finish the task you have given me. Help me live my life for you. Help me to share you with others in actions and words. Help me also to pray for those who are unstoppable for you despite hardship and persecution. We pray in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.